Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. and welcome to this festive feast of an episode. We are so excited to have an absolutely incredible lineup of chefs, bakers, cooks and past guests that are going to give you brilliant tips to see you through Christmas with party food ideas. What else, Mum? Easy cocktails. Oh, yeah. How to make your sausages into a cocktail. Yes. And how to conquer the Christmas dinner, mince pies. We basically have got you covered. And to prepare a lot in advance. Prep seemed to be the key to having a relaxed Christmas, darling. I am hosting Christmas this year. 16 people. No big deal. So I absolutely no needed deal, this episode. Yeah. I think it's been really helpful. Has Sam made mince pies this year? Potentially. And actually, he's going to follow a very, very good recommendation from one of our guests coming up. What better way to start, though, than with the prolific, wonderful Jamie Oliver. He's got his own Christmas cookbook. How many cookbooks, darling, has he got? How many Christmas specials has he done? 25 or something? Yeah. Um, A Christmas cookbook and a get-ahead gravy. Yeah. So we need to find out if he was ready for Christmas. Other than presents for Jules... I've done nothing else. I mean, I've done a pencilling of my ordering and I've got my turkey sorted, but that's basically it. I am also a turkey farmer. Are you? Oh, wow. Yeah, I did three and a half thousand turkeys this year. I work for a guy called Paul Kelly, Kelly Bronze. And uh, we have like we have those lovely rare breed turkeys. Kelly Bronze are famous. Yeah, so I, I'm one of his 23 farmers and they're all bred in the woods. And it's like it's like the Ritz for turkeys until the last minute. And uh, yeah, they're dry plucked and they're hung and they're very delicious. Are we too late, Jamie? I'll get you one. If you want one, I'll send you one. Do you want one? We'd love one. I'll send you an email because then you can get one from my flock. <gasps> so will it say the Jamie Oliver flock? No, it won't. But if, if you do it through me, it comes from my flock. And the important thing is, is that free range organic is lovely, but what they love is dappled light and they love forests they don't really like poultry doesn't really like free range they're very scared they're always thinking they're going to get eaten by a eagle or something so uh, when you get one from a wood then they're really happy and they they're just very fit healthy jamie it doesn't have a name or anything i'm starting to feel attached to this turkey no no there's thousands of them they all look the same so you can't get attached okay all right fine and they're dealt with very beautifully and respectively. And it's like the Ferrari of turkeys. I will send one to your house with great pleasure. Well, on that note, 
Happy Christmas, Jamie Oliver. Happy Christmas. What a time of year. But listen, what a bloody episode of this podcast we've got. We've got the creme de la creme of chefs. So just thank you for gracing us and thank talking you. about your turkeys. So I just need to know, this is a Christmas special. Yeah. Will you be allowing Jules or even River, who is a budding... Is it River who's the budding... No, it's Buddy who's the budding chef. Buddy, Buddy's yeah. the budding chef. Yeah. What will Buddy be doing on Christmas Day? or prepping, and will Jules be allowed in the kitchen? Uh, no, Jules is always allowed in the kitchen. I love people helping in the kitchen. However, I don't think anyone's going to be helping me much in the kitchen. They, they seem to disappear. I, I, I tend to call for help, and they sort of, they kind of waft through. Um, but I might get um, Jules helping me peel the potatoes, get a bit of prep done the day before. Um, I might get Buddy helping with a bit of veg prep. Buddy's actually a really good cook, so he's super handy, but he's kind of, he hasn't found uh, women yet because he's 13, but he has, you know, he just loves anything with a ball in it. So rugby, football, tennis, you know, even golf now. I mean, anything he can whack, really. So we'll see. We'll see. And then River is just utterly fabulous and running around causing chaos everywhere. I want to know, will you be doing your get-ahead gravy? Definitely. Get-ahead gravy is a must, whether you do it a week before or two weeks before. I just started it about 10 years ago as a... As a just a silly little fun thing. And it's become a bit of a phenomenon. Tell the listener, if they don't know what get-ahead gravy is, explain. So look, I started to realise that one of the big faux pas of Christmas is if you run out of gravy. Yes. If you've got a perfect spud and you've got nothing to dip it in, like, and everyone just looks at you with, like, you know, death stare. So um, I realised, and I also realised that the best way to make gravy is with gravy. So what I do is, you know when you take the turkey out to rest mm. and, and you get rid of all the fat and you've got all the sticky bits on the bottom of the tray... Mm. I put gravy on the sticky bits to make double gravy. So what I do like a week or two before is just go to the butchers and get some like chicken wings and bits and pieces like that and make a gravy with veggies and, you know, flour and a bit of booze and make like a nice big batch of gravy and you can freeze it if you want. And that's what we do. But I mean, as simple as, or as strange as that sounds, it's kind of kicked off and everyone loves the idea. But I think I think people like the idea of prepping ahead to take the pain away from doing everything on the day. I am with you. What do you thicken your gravy with? Corn flour or normal flour? Either, doesn't bother me really. You don't mind? Yeah, and I've got a couple of gluten-frees in my family, so I just use a bit of that gluten-free flour. It's all good. It all works. Oh, that's a good idea. What What about, what are you going to stuff your turkey with? Very good question. I like to get a little bit of pork shoulder, and I have some slow-cooked onions, and I have lots of sage. So it goes sort of down a traditional route. But then I try and have a little bit of fun with the breadcrumbs. I, I've used panettone last year, which was actually very good. You're kidding. Yeah, it, it worked really well. That's a great idea. So any stale bread or anything you got, you could use a little croissant if you wanted to. But I think the panettone was a nice touch. Do, what fruit do you put in yours? Do you put any in? Chopped apricots we like. And yeah. sour cranberries work very, very well. And some chestnuts. But just not loads of it. Just a, And just seasoned really beautifully. So that normally goes up the back of the neck. And then I also put some in a dish and with wet hands kind of smooth it off and it kind of creates. So I have some that's kind of like soggy stuffing that happens when you put it in the turkey um, and it flavours the turkey, obviously. And then I have some in a dish that gets really crispy and I find that people like a bit of both. Jamie, that's genius. And also I always get given panettones as well. So this is a thank you. This is fantastic. Could I also prep that a couple of weeks before? Uh, you can if you put it in the freezer. I do it the day before. So I, what I like to do on Christmas Eve is have a little day of prep. I, I parboil and dress all my potatoes. I get all my veggies ready. 
I kind of like dress the bird. And literally, whether you keep it in the garage if it's cold enough or the fridge, I just kind of get all that stress done. So on the morning, I'm just like roasting and sort of I've got my gravy done. So I'm everything's easy. What are some of the Oliver Christmas traditions that will happen from the morning until the evening? We do the whole, obviously, Santa comes, we get excited, you know, River and and, and the little ones are, are very excited about that. Uh, then we have a lovely breakfast and then everyone kind of goes off and chills out and I kind of basically cook. And we have our lunch about two o'clock. Oh, you're early. Yeah, we do a two o'clock. I don't know why, because when I was a kid, it was always a five o'clock. It's easier with little ones, two o'clock. I think so. That's probably why we do it. But yeah, we do like slightly later lunch and everyone sits in the same place. Historically, what I have done, which I enjoy, is I take a Christmas cracker and I take it apart and I remove the mild joke. What I like to do is in accordance with whoever gets it, say, for instance, the mother-in-law. Yeah, perfect. We get an appropriate, inappropriate joke. That seems to work very well. Sometimes I change the presents out because that's nice. And God rest her soul, my nanny, who Nanny Betty, um, one year I removed the present and put in a pack of Viagra. Oh! And she was very, very pleased with that. And she had a boyfriend at the time as well. Oh, my God. Yeah. And then, and then I said, because uh, it was actually only, I went into the chemist and said, if you, can I have an empty pack of Viagra, please? And I filled it with Smarties. So um, she looked a bit upset when she found out it was Smarties. But anyway, it worked very well. It's all about having a laugh at the dinner table. Jamie, do you start again around seven o'clock with a sandwich, turkey sandwich? Bless you. Yeah, about eight o'clock, the munchies comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. I normally, and and I would encourage your your fine listeners, I like to support British farmhouse cheesemakers. Um, so if you go to any of your local delis and they've got some of those brilliant British cheesemakers, I, I have a little cheese board, Defo, five or six cheeses, some nice bread, little pickles, bits and pieces, you know, smoked salmon, all that kind of stuff. We, yeah, it sort of, it, it always starts out small and then it ends up being like emptying the whole fridge of bits and pieces and it like it's like a little giant picnic. So yeah, I don't know where that energy comes from for the second second hit but it always comes like clockwork which chocolate is the last one left in your box always do you know what anything with like those dribbly boozy bits in oh yeah do you know what i mean i'm not i'm not really into sort of like kind of like cherry liqueur champagne truffles yeah yeah no no i like praline i like nutty yeah i quite like coconutty praline i'm definitely not into the the boozy can you freeze bread sauce yeah you can pretty much freeze most things I've got a really good recipe for bread sauce as well. A baked bread sauce. Wow. Yeah, it's really good. Like sweet onions, heavy on the English mustard, a little bit of herbage, nice bread, nothing too clever or flashy, like a, 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 a largely white sourdoughy sort of bread, but nothing too clever. And um, you just scrunch it all up, almost like bread and butter pudding, and you bake that. Are really, really good. But you can pop that in the fridge a few days before and then bake it on the day. Oh, wow. But yeah, you can freeze that kind of thing. And you can pretty much freeze you know, pigs in blankets. Once you've parboiled the potatoes, you can actually freeze those if you wish. I'm going to do Yorkshire puddings this year. The ones I do is in a tray and they're massive. It's like a triffid. It's like a UFO's landed on the planet. Also, you can use it as pancake batter, which is super helpful on Christmas morning and on Boxing Day and stuff like that. So actually, there is a logic. I've fine-tuned that Yorkshire pudding recipe for years to the point where we worked with, um, I think it was one of the, the British London schools of uh, chemistry, to like how, when, why. And so I have adjusted the recipe to get ultimate rise, which, which involved a little thimble of water, which helps make it go 
Oh, you're kidding. Yeah. I'm the worst. Yeah, I'm the worst at Yorkshire's. If I showed you the size of these things, you, you would be so impressed by the size of it. <laughs> well, I'm always impressed by size, Jamie. That goes without saying, darling. <laughs> I trust you to make a sexual innuendo in our Christmas special. Did I, darling? It just comes out. <laughs> Oh my God, she'll not say that. <laughs> she'll not say that. No, I'm not sure about Yorkshire puddings on Christmas Day. I I'm, I think I'm going to sit that out. I'm not sure I can be bothered, to be honest. But it's good to know that you can freeze your bread sauce, which is exactly what I shall be doing today. Well, let's hope it tastes nice as if, if it's been frozen. I'm sure you'll Did let you me follow know my recipe, darling? I will be following your recipe because okay. I love your bread sauce. Next up is the goddess. Nigella Lawson, looking as fabulous as ever. Not only did we want to hear about her Amsterdam Christmas special on BBC One, but first we had to know what she would be putting in her microwave. <laughs> that doesn't really get a look in, I'm afraid. Do you know, it's quite odd because I always feel less well-equipped to say about what people can expect than anyone else on the crew because I just talk and I never see it and I'm just there. I think what I've really tried to do, I haven't, even though for me the idea came with thinking I just so adore Amsterdam at this time of year and I want to show its beauty and have the, you know this wonderful time with the lights on the water and it's such a treat. At the same time, I knew I didn't want to do a Dutch Christmas, which wouldn't really mean an awful lot to us. And so I've certainly sort of drawn a lot on their baking tradition because we have similar climates, of course. And that means the food is quite similar. The spicing that they use for their Christmas baking is exactly what we'd expect too. And so it's about choosing perhaps the, perhaps slightly more user-friendly recipes. And when I've done, you know, yeah. even though I did some speculas, which is their gingerbread, I, did, I didn't do it in the way that they're made traditionally because that is very complicated. And in fact, they don't even make them a lot at home there anymore in that way when you roll some dough into a wooden mould and then have to unstick it. I mean, that is not what we can deal with over Christmas. But I was given full permission uh, there. They say, no, 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 we off when if we make them at all, we just roll them out and use a cutter. So I did. What I was thrilled about is that they make just the most extraordinarily good cheese biscuits. And I don't know how you operate at Christmas, but a cheese board is very important, I think, for me. What's on Nigella's cheese board at Christmas? Well, I, God, the cheese I got there ruins you for any other cheese. You know, the gouda, or should I say chowda. And I have managed to keep, and not eat yet, um, quite a bit of uh, Dutch cheese. But otherwise, for me, I like a really good cheddar, a really disgustingly pongy blue cheese and also you know a soft cheese whether it's baron by god or a camembert or something like that or a vacherin but I'm rather keen on the baron by god as long as I leave it out to you know start walking across the counter of its own volition and so I I did three cheeses is all I think you need otherwise you have to get so many 
different cheeses and you don't have enough to go around. So I like three big old blocks. And what are your condiments? Are you an a cut-up apple kind of gal, a bunch of grapes, chutney. Where are we going with this? I think chutney you have to have. Yes. I also like a hot sauce at this time of year with cheese. I make a fermented hot sauce, and I always feel it makes, especially if you're having hard cheese, it makes it slightly easier to digest as well. Because cheese is wonderful, but it isn't always kind on the tummy. No, it's not. Not on the amounts... I eat. Do you eat your cheese after your Christmas lunch or dinner or do you save it as the, like, in the evening, the go-to? Well, actually, I do I do Christmas dinner in two stages anyway because I like the Christmas pudding a couple of hours or so later. Okay. So I end on savoury and then I start watching a film, you know, with everyone and then... While I'm watching the film, I think, oh, pause it now. Now I'm ready for my Christmas pudding. And then later on and throughout the you know, next 10 days or whatever, it's, you know, cheese while I'm thinking about what I'm having. Oh, wow. What will be, apart from the Dutch cheeses that have been brought back, what yeah. else will be um, on the Christmas table that will be included from your Dutch Christmas special? As well as drawing on the that wonderful Dutch northern tradition of baking for, with gingerbread and also they, they have a very traditional pastry. Theirs is made slightly differently, made in a long log, and I've done really little ones. They look like sweet little sausage rolls. So it's almond paste with bought shop-bought puff pastry that you just roll round, cut into lengths, it's a bit like you were, if you were making sausage rolls, and egg wash, and then when they come out of the oven, I paint them with apricot jam and a bit of lemon juice, put on some flaked almonds, and then a little bit of lemon icing, just, you know, icing sugar and lemon juice. Delicious. And they are lovely. And I've already started taking those to people. You know, like, any time I have people around for mince pies, I would make these as a partner. Because they're the same sort of thing, that sweet bite, but without the dried fruit. And there are always people who don't like the dried fruit, even though it's so quintessentially Christmassy. So that definitely, I can't stop with those. And I've got a cake, which is a cake you don't bake, because it's one of the, I mean, it's one to where the Puritans can be... this isn't a recipe, but you know, this is the sort of thing that makes your life easier because you got, get bought gingerbread and you make a creamy filling. And I've borrowed from the Dutch drinks cabinet and it's, it's um, the leading ingredient is advocate. What's that? It's an egg, it's like eggnog liqueur. <gasps> You're too young. Oh, it div- it's eggnog. Sure, if I would like it. I got drunk on it at a wedding when I was nine. I tried it. Oh, really? And I've never been... A- I was uh, was so ill afterwards because there oh, were... you were nine, Mum. Well, it was a wedding and they were, had avocado. I don't know why. And yeah. I tasted it, thought it was so delicious because it's something a child... It's like custard. Yes. It's like drinking alcoholic custard. Maybe I'm in now. And I tried it and then drank two or three 
didn't drink a lot, obviously, because it comes in a little thing and was very ill. Maybe steer clear of this. I wouldn't want to be uh, responsible for an inappropriate evacuation. We don't want that. (laughs) Can I ask, um, you love this time of year. You celebrate it. You love it. I can see you're living, breathing it, embracing it. Have you got any pet peeves around the traditions of Christmas or is anything that makes you just go bar humbug? I'm not good at dried peel. Dried peel is your pet peeve? No, it's not a pet peeve, but I would rather avoid it unless it's homemade dried peel, which is, you know, a lot of yeah, a lot of effort. And I'm very happy to leave it out of Christmas puddings and things like that. No, I don't. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm very against first courses for Christmas dinner. Who does that? Yeah, who's doing a first course? They do. Like what? They have you know, smoked salmon roulade and things. Now, I don't mind putting some... I will sometimes put some smoked salmon on a bit of bread or pumpernickel and take it round so that people don't get too drunk straight away. But the idea of having to lay the table, jump up and then clear a table straight away. And also, it's such a big feast. You don't want to get full up first. No. But I actually like all of it. I mean, you know, you can't have too many candles and fairy lights for me. Can I ask, uh, I'm doing a little drinks party on on the 23rd and I spotted on uh, a cardo, I spotted a a recipe of yours for cosmopolitan cocktail sausages. Yes. Would you recommend I go for that, Nigella? Yes. Yes. (gasps) Just just do as you're told and line the tin with foil, otherwise the washing up will be hideous. (laughs) I love that. Thank you. Is Cosmo one of your drinks, Nigella? Well, I mean, I probably, whenever it was current. My favourite drink ever. Well, good, then you have to. So really, you're using a bit of cranberry sauce, a bit of lime juice, uh, you know, all the ingredients that go into it. And I do do a splash of vodka. I mean, obviously, you can't taste it, but it makes me feel more like, you know, the party started. I give you can have a quick drink as you're doing it. They've seen me through countless parties over the years yeah I mean I've always just done the honey and mustard but I'm gonna do it the Nigella way this time and I'm 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 excited but they're all lovely you know you never go can go wrong with a cocktail sausage I agree you can't um what will be the order of the day how do you start your day well I might do a later one this year okay so I might do five o'clock rather than the normal dusty lunch so I'm veering towards early dinner it depends I will start laying the table the night before. Not because it's so necessary, but because it it makes me happy. And also I don't like doing things when I'm up against it. There's no point. Mm. And it's fairly simple because it isn't like you need lots of things, but it's just about it's just about getting all that Christmassy, you know, toot out and making everything look, you know, red and green and white. And that's Mm. us make and that's just happy making. I then I write my list for the next morning, what time I'm doing everything, uh, which I don't always stick to. But I will, you know, prep various things. And what I do is I get all the serving dishes and I put post-its saying what's for what, because otherwise I'll just forget after I've had a drink. Well, no, I don't always follow it. But but the thing is, is that once I make a big jug of poinsettia, which is what I often do, which is a drink that's... So, okay, so for... 
It's dangerous because it doesn't taste alcoholic. So essentially, it, for each bottle of fizzy wine, and obviously you don't want a distinguished one when you're plonking other things in, you have, so for each bottle, it's as far as I remember, 125 mils of either Cointreau or Grand Marnier yeah. and half a litre of cranberry juice. Ooh. And I make big, big jugfuls of that. So I, by the time I've had a drink, I'm, I'm not enough of a drinker that I don't have a huge amount of resistance. So I need to have done all my post-its <laughs> saying what bowls beforehand for what and what I'm doing when. But I'll have made the red cabbage already. So the first thing I do, like my mum did before, you know, is when I get up in the morning is I steep the milk for the bread sauce and I've already got the bread staling just because I don't know about you, but for me, that thing of coming down in the morning and smelling the mace and onion and pepper in the milk and bay leaves to me is the smell of Christmas. I'm about to go and do my bread sauce now and freeze it. So I'm in advance doing all of Jessie, that. Jessie, are you oh, sure that's... about that? Well, I think actually it's really easy to do on the day. However, then what do I do? Listen, the thing is, Jessie, do what's easier. Just do what's easier. All that will happen is that it will go a bit more solid and maybe a bit pappier, but it's meant to be pappy. So when you heat it up, make sure you heat it up quite gently because what will happen mm. otherwise is the milk bits will burn on the side of the pan. And then, you know, do, you know, add some double cream and some butter yeah. as you heat it up. Yes, sorted. It sounds actually fabulous. One more question. Which chocolate always gets left in the box over Christmas? Well... The orange creams are <gasps> hugely popular. You're kidding, in my they're house. my Do you best. Want them? I save them I for you. <laughs> Especially the black magic orange creams. Oh, well, I'll save all orange creams for you. Okay, thank you. That's a treat. <laughs> Darling, I'm looking forward to all Nigella's orange creams. Do you know, I don't think black magic is made anymore. I don't even know what black magic is. Well, there you go. Um, it's not made anymore. <laughs> Both Jamie and Nigella say it is okay to freeze bread sauce, okay? So that's what I shall be doing. Are you going to do that? We'd like to know. I'm definitely, definitely doing it. So bread sauce is sorted. We also wanted to nail the perfect mince pie. And who better to ask than the delectable Paul Hollywood? Old blue eyes. <laughs> Yes, we had to have old Blue Eyes back for the Christmas special because, well, let's face it, Lenny couldn't do a whole year without Paul Hollywood in her face. Looking into his eyes. I started off by asking him what his favourite childhood memory of Christmas was. I remember Christmas time, my mum always... So, so she could have another ten minutes in bed, to be honest, but she used to put an annual at the bottom of the bed to keep me occupied for at least another 15 minutes before my three brothers sort of dived in and woke her up at half four in the morning on Christmas Day. That is very, very... That's clever. Clever. I guess I just shove an iPad in front of my child's face. But well, no, nowadays, but yeah. I do like the romance of the annual. Yeah. Maybe I'll start that as a tradition. I still want an annual um, every year now, though. That's the thing. I still want to kick my feet. Which one now? Oh, I don't know. Bake, Bake Off. off. <laughs> <laughs> my own book sitting in the yeah. bottom of the bed. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about these advent calendars for a second. I'm understanding you're into Christmas if you're buying a bloody Lego yeah. advent calendar before summer is over. Well, I used, to, I used to buy them for my lad when he was growing up, so that was something we sort of did together. For your lad, I have to have it chocolate. was really for you, Paul, wasn't it? 
Well, yeah. I mean, that, the chocolate ones were for me, especially um, nowadays. If you notice, you can buy double chocolate. So, obviously, if you open up an advent calendar, there may only, there's normally only one chocolate yeah. in there, isn't there? But now, obviously, you're with a partner. They do two chocolates in each day. Isn't that perfect? Oh, sweet. So is that yeah. what your, you and your fiancé have got? Not fiancé, Jesse. He's married now. Did you get married? Since we last yes. I did get married, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mazel tov. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so is this your first year as a married couple? Yes, first Christmas, yeah. yeah. So what's going to be some of the Christmas traditions that the Hollywoods are going to be doing for their first Christmas? I mean, every Christmas is the same, to be honest. I mean, I, I'm normally up early. I'm a baker. I tend to get up early anyway, so Christmas Day is no, no difference. I'm normally up about 7 o'clock. To be honest, I'll probably be preparing the turkey to put it in the oven um i normally there's a farmer that drops off the turkey on christmas uh, eve night around six o'clock and has done for many years he brings the turkey it's fresh but the giblets are one in the bag so i normally spend christmas eve morning preparing the stock so i'll prepare a nice stock from that so the morning i can start preparing the turkey getting it all ready to start cooking but I, I enjoy turkey. I love Christmas dinner. I love a roast, if I'm brutally honest. I think a roast on a Sunday is one of the best things the British have ever given to society, certainly over here. Um, I just think it's the best thing ever, especially when you wrap it up with a, I don't know, a crumble or a sticky toffee pudding or something at the end with loads of custard. Oh, not Christmas pudding. Oh, no, I love that. No, I'm talking about generally for a roast and that. Oh, generally, but, um, yeah. You're Christmas right. pudding with loads of custard because I'm from the north. I mean, I know brandy cream obviously is, is a big thing and cream, but custard. I want to see possibly a little island of pudding in the middle and then it just surrounded swamp by two litres of custard. Have you made your Christmas puddings yourself? I used to make them, not so much nowadays. I used to, when I was at the Dorchester, we used to make them a year before. Yeah. Yeah, we used to, everything, everything was done a year before and then they were in the cellar waiting for us for the following year, just maturing, getting lots of flavour. What liquor were you putting in? Was it rum or brandy? <sighs> cognac, there was rum, yeah. Cognac, rum. I mean, it, when it was mine, it was often a really good cognac. Talk to me about your mince pies, because we like a supermarket one. Have you got a favourite one that you will, a recipe or a supermarket? Basically, I, I almost use the shortbread recipe to create the shell and the Ooh. lid. And it's, again, high butter content. And that creates, it's quite tricky to work. So you've got to fold, not, not make it rubbery. You've just got to fold it a couple of extra times to bind that together because there is so much butter in there. So once you've lined your deep, you know, tins like this, then get I, any ready-made mincemeat you like is fine. I go to the Robinson's one and then I'll just get that. And then I'll basically uh, chop up a load of apples, throw that in there, put a little glug of cognac in there. Then I'll get a load of satsumas or tangerines and then load that in with the mincemeat and stir it all together. Oh, so you're kind of high-lowing yeah. it. So I like that. It's supermarket, but it's blended with a little Hollywood finesse. Well, it's not supermarket, is it? I mean, it, it might be mincemeat from, no, a, okay. from a supermarket. Not necessarily from a supermarket. But it's just the mincemeat I don't bother making. So I use a base mincemeat. But I add apples, satsumas, uh, rum, cognac, if you like. And then you end up making a rich pastry, obviously, shell for the for the base. And then when you bake them off, honestly, wow, they... I think the satsuma really, it's Christmas to me, a satsuma. You know, you get that smell. And I put a bit of zest in there as well. 
And it honestly, it'd be the best mince pie you've ever had. The apple, the satsuma, that little bit of zing. It's beautiful. I, I'm loving how much you love Christmas, by the way, Paul. You are fully committed. I love Christmas. Paul, what time do you eat? Your, do, are you a dinner person or a lunch or a mid-afternoon? Good question, because that's changed over the years as I've got older. Ideally, <laughs> I like to eat half four, five o'clock. Weirdly, so it's right in the middle between sort of lunch and dinner. I think half four, five o'clock is perfect because by the time you've finished, which could be a couple of hours and you had some wine and everyone's flaking out on the sofa watching some evening television and the two Roddies used to come on about eight o'clock. It's normally about that time when I'm sort of chilling out. But yeah, about half four. But before that, have you had a little champagne and a few canopies? Yes. I say a little champagne. I'm not really a big champagne drinker. I like red wine. I like some good Bordeaux. Nice, yeah. kicky-in-the-teeth Bordeaux. I, won't, I wouldn't normally have that till PM. Um, I might have a little sort of light bubbly stuff in the morning while I'm sort of around the kitchen and me normally with a Santa hat on preparing the dinner. But no, I wouldn't normally drink till 12. Do you have canopies? No, but I, I will do a big breakfast. So it'll be a okay. full-cooked breakfast for everybody. Uh, and sort of Melissa's family will be around. So I'll be doing a full-cooked breakfast, have that about 10 o'clock, and then you just have to wait till half four for the rest of it, you know. There'll be nibbles around, you know. Your in-laws must be thrilled that yeah. she's married you. <laughs> well, <laughs> he's a chef as well, actually, because they, they own the village pub, so it's a beautiful old medieval inn, uh, and the, the, he's a good chef as well. So Are they open for Christmas Day? Yeah, they're open for drinks, which I love, because I love going down the pub for a drink. Christmas Day between 12 and 2. And then you're back home, aren't you, eating? So everything's cooking while you're down at the pub. That sounds very calm. Your kitchen sounds very, very calm. And what is going to be for pudding? Strictly Christmas pud? Or are you going to have a little extra something, something chocolatey? Chocolate log. Oh, will you make it? Yeah, I will make a Yule log. Yeah, I make one most years. So I'll make a big Swiss roll. Uh, I will put cherries in there, a little bit of kirsch in there as well, cream, Ooh. and then just make a chocolate log from it. A uh, bit of zest of orange in the ganache as well on the outside, so the, the ganache will have a have a little bit of orange in there. I bet you have a chocolate orange in your stocking. Yeah, well, I used to have tangerines, <laughs> yeah. Literally just fruit, and I go, oh, wow. I mean, mum's got an old video <laughs> from the 70s, I must have been five, and I, I, I was sort of rifling through my sack, and then I sort of I lifted up and went, wow, a tangerine. Oh, see, my see, God. See? <laughs> Life I was happy was with tough, anything. <laughs> oh, a pen. <laughs> Can I ask the king of pastry? Yeah. Um, lots of people will be listening to this and maybe they're doing a drinks party at home. Any really cheeky, quick canapé that you could recommend with a bit of puff pastry? I mean, puff pastry, just cut out your little volivant. You can't beat a volivant. I, I mean, agree. The volivant or a mince pie. So, I mean, cut your volivant, make a little circle in the middle, bake that off, take the inside out, you have a volivant shell. Fill that with your basic marrow-rose sauce with some prawns chopped up, hello, and a little bit of paprika just sitting on the top. So use that to make little volivants. And obviously the rest of puff pastry, make a, you could make a pasta stonata, you know, a little custard in there with a little bit of chocolate as well as another thing. So you could use ready-made custard, pop it into there and just bake that up. Or mince pies. So have you, I get your mince meat, add your tangerines, apples, get your rough puff pastry or your ready-made puff pastry, line your shell, Pop your mincemeat in there, you don't need to cover it, and then bake them off for about 20 minutes. Bring them out, and then a little drizzle of good cognac inside. So it just 
simple stuff. Wow. Paul, thank you. That's fantastic. I've got a, a, a three-course meal there. Thank you. <laughs> um, now, now, Paul, which chocolate is always left in the box? Coffee tends to hang around a bit like a bad smell. Yeah, uh, I, I I do think that, um, yeah, the coffee one's pretty awful, isn't it? I mean, the, anything with nuts in and caramel and hazelnut, and um, it, it's gone. I normally order two boxes and then hide the other box for me. Where where do you stand on Bounty? Oh, I love Bounty. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Me love too. Them. I love coconut. I just love coconut. Me too. I don't understand people that leave that one. No, I don't. I mean, Prue hates coconut. Um, and so she, she doesn't like coconut in the Bake Off tent, so I'm straight in there, you know. I mean, I drink a bottle of Ombre Soleil. <laughs> I think coconut's delicious. I really do. I think it's lovely. Last but not least, what do you think is an overrated Christmas tradition, Paul? Cards get on my nerves now, because I'll tell you why. What, Christmas cards? Well, yeah, I mean, I like to get them in early so people don't feel too humiliated that I've caught them out on every... And when I don't get one back... Now, that really winds me up. Yeah, I know. It's annoying. They're not getting one next year. Yeah, I I remember. I'm like an elephant. Me too. Yeah. And I, and I remember, and in fact, three years on, someone's, I saw someone recently and I haven't seen for a while. And I, I remember sending them in a card and I never got one. And I saw him recently and I said, uh, you never sent me a Christmas card, you know? And he went, what? I said, three years ago. He said, are you serious? Three years ago? I said, yeah, three years ago. I never got a card. And he said, I, I'm, I'm sure I did. I said, I never got a card. And he went, hang on, wasn't I moving then? I said, I don't care whether you're moving or not. I sent you a card. I want a card back. This is like an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, but down in <laughs> know, Kent. Yeah. I'm so here for it. So now I just drop cards. I just don't bother Have with you cards. sent him another one? No, I'll never speak to him again. Sod him, yeah. <laughs> well, we better get your address and send you a card. Paul. Oh, no, we've already, we've already crossed that. Last year, I never got one. Okay. This year, I never get one. Okay. So forget it. I'm not going to send any cards. Forget it. Okay, fine. Um, Paul Hollywood, thank you so much for joining us for our Christmas oh, my special. My pleasure. We loved having you on the podcast, and oh, um, we'd quite like to have a Paul Hollywood canapé cooked for us sometime. So we must get together again. Have a great Christmas. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. I'll, I'll send it with the card. <laughs> Stop it. And happy Christmas. Well, I don't think we'll be getting a Christmas card or a canopy from Paul. No, but we still love you, Paul, and thank you for joining us on the Christmas special. I loved the way he talked about judging up mincemeat. Yes, and that is what Sam is going to do. Clementine's this week. apple. That's all you need. Make your life easy. Get a yeah. jar and judge it up with a bit of booze, some apple, I'm and all some for zest. judging, darling. Yeah, all for the judge. Also, likes a, a gravy in advance. Yeah, I mean, I understand making the stock in advance, but I don't understand about freezing gravy. Well, well, we'll see, won't we? Right, let's find out how they celebrate Christmas over the pond with our favourite American chef, the darling Alison Roman. Since they've just had Thanksgiving, where they eat a lot of turkey, I really wondered whether they had turkey at Christmas as well. I don't think they do. No, not really. Christmas in America seems to be heavy on the beef, like a prime rib. Okay. Like a rib roast. Or a ham, like a Christmas ham. Okay. I really am curious to try a goose. I may see if my friends who are hosting want to do a goose this year. You don't get a lot of meat though, do you? You don't, but it's sort of like a... It's like you buy a tree to have in your house for three weeks. It's like, who cares? You know, it's sort of like... It's part of the silliness of tradition around the holidays where it's like, if not now, then when? Yeah. And I do think that it might be worth it for the fat. If you can like roast it in such a way that 
regardless of the meat, you're left with like buckets of goose fat, which feels like a good gift for yourself. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So have you got any Christmas traditions? My tradition has changed every year, Um, honestly. Like, well, one tradition that I think we're not actually unfortunately doing this year, but there's a um, there's a Chinese restaurant in Manhattan called Wu's Wonton King that I go to pretty frequently. And I have spent many Christmases there, Christmas Eve specifically. I've also, there's a friend of mine, Anoop, and he and I used to like host, co-host a Christmas Eve sort of, I guess like party, but it was, it was like a multi-course dinner party. But as it grew over the years, it sort of became untenable to sit down. So it just became like, Okay, we're going to do several different dishes. It was like vaguely Feast of the Seven Fishes-y. But I think like this year marks like a new tradition era. Like, I, And I don't know what that is yet because it's my first year being married. It's my first year like because of the timeline of my relationship with my husband. Like the first year I'm like considering another person and their schedule for Christmas. Normally I'm like alone and I'm like, oh, well, I'll do whatever I want. Like, I'll join these people. We'll get a little table at Woo's. We'll do our party with a noob. And now I'm like, oh, like, this is our first year as a couple being married. And it's like our first year of establishing tradition. So what is that going to be? And I don't know. That's so exciting. So if you were doing your Christmas Eve party. Yes. Because some people that are listening to this may be doing a little Christmas Eve party. They may be hosting. They may not be doing the turkey the next day. Is there any go-to Alison Roman, no-nonsense canapé or bowl of something that you would recommend someone doing stress-free? It's not on Christmas, but I do do an annual ham party. And mine is this weekend. And this is like the fourth or fifth year I've done it. And each year it gets like a little easier and a little more absurd Mm -hmm. but the number one like party trick that does not fail is to have like several different types of dip or bowls of dip and like vegetables and chips and like things to put in them because if you're waiting for something like the ham to come out or your dinner to be ready or whatever like it is something that people will be so grateful for and doesn't like fill you up in the same way as like a big meat and cheese board which I sort of stay away from because I want people to save their room for this giant ham that I've just roasted for them. And in addition to that, it's like I'm doing a martini bar. So I pre-batch my martinis. I really love the idea that the priority is batch making the martini. Because I don't want to pour, I don't want to mix a martini for anybody. I want you to say, here's the martini, pour yourself a martini. So you give them a big jug. It's like a pre-batched in a bottle. And then I set out like little olives on a toothpick for garnish or little lemon peels on a toothpick for garnish. You could also do little pearl onions for like a Gibson. A Gibson, yes. I'm desperate to try one. I just find that like most people when they come to a party, they're bringing a bottle of wine, a bottle of champagne or like a bottle of whiskey or tequila for the house. And to like stop what you're doing, leave the conversation and make somebody a personalized cocktail sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. So Having something like a batch martini or a punch or something like that, people can decide whether they want to do that. And then from there, it's like you're either drinking wine, beer, or I'll have like basic mixers. So like soda water, tonic water, citrus, and then alcohol for people if they want to make like a highball. But I never make people a drink once they've arrived, ever. If we're going to serve up a pud, a dessert from Sweet Enough, which one would you go for for Christmas Day? 
which would be easy enough that you could maybe prep it the day before. Sorry, my children's screaming in the background if people can hear that. They're having a great time. They're fine. <laughs> which one would you recommend people should go to that could be a bit of a crowd pleaser? Honestly, I would do a giant bowl of chocolate pudding. That's what I would do because you can make it in advance and it's like one of those things that you can do in like a beautiful, I don't have it in this room, but like a beautiful big bowl or even like, you know, some sort of vessel of your choosing and it looks stunning and you pile it high with whipped cream or like whipped mascarpone or something like that and crumble some like cookies on top or whatever and set out a few spoons and like you eat it after dinner and that to me sounds like the best thing in the world. I, I might actually do that this Christmas. I might, that might be my contribution. You can also like, of course, portion them out into individual like little cups or teacups or bowls or whatever. But to me, after a giant meal like that, I want something like soft and creamy. And I'm using pudding in the American sense, but it's also pudding in the British sense as it is a dessert. But to me, that's like the like chocolate custard, chocolate pudding, however it translates is what I would do. Do you have mince pies in the USA? No. We don't. Have you ever had one? I can't say that I have. Oh, Alison. Do you know what it is? I wouldn't know where to find one. It's kind of currants and dried fruit. Fruit and liquor. Uh, and liquor and apple. And it makes a big mushy... Orange zest. Orange zest. And it makes a big mushy mincemeat. What do you do with it? You put it in pastry and you have a little pie. I think you would like it. I hate to say it, I have seen it on the Great British Bake Off. Oh, yeah, yeah, you would have done. All right, I'll try do it. Do you have Christmas pudding? Not in the way that you do, which, like, which is like this, it's like steamed in a mold. Steamed, yeah. Right? Yeah, no. The baking style is very different here. I say that as a person who wrote a dessert book and then as a result received many questions about that book. I'm realizing, like, where we're at generally as a demo, my demo anyway, and, like, the questions that we're asking, the the equipment people have, the terms they're familiar with is very, very different. And even me, like having to translate the book to be published in the UK, it became very apparent how little I knew about <laughs> the, the dessert style over there. So Alison Roman, thank you so much for being on the Christmas special. Have the oh. best new Christmas traditions with your other half and Merry, Merry Christmas. Thank you all so much. You guys are the best and I hope you have a beautiful holiday. Jugs of martinis and margaritas sound like a fantastic idea. Are you having a Christmas party? Are you in charge of the cocktails? Well, make a jug of it. Um, that's what Alison Roman would do and maybe you'll be less stressed. I think I'm going to be serving a vermouth. Well, um, that one, that Torino one. Yes. Yeah. So I may not be doing the jug because I don't think that many Brits like a martini as much as the Americans. But margs they like. And is it bad to say that I'm just not going to serve red wine because I don't want somebody spilling it on my carpet? I think you're mad because some people don't drink white well, wine. they can try something new for the two hours Jessie. that they're allowed in my house. And you then they think can you're buzz going off. to get Claire not drinking red wine? Claire's allowed, but she has yeah. to be on a... On a, a wooden floor. A, a washable floor. Yeah. Well, where's your carpet? You haven't got any carpet. Your house is I have soft furnishings that I don't need ruined. Okay. Um, maybe I should just not have a party. I don't know. Last but not least, the wonderful John Tarot, one of my favourites. Let's hear about John Tarot's family Christmas traditions. I wonder if it's different because he comes from Australia. Is there a barbecue involved? Let's find out. Let's find out. The first thing that happens in Tarot family Christmas is all about a ham. Oh, wow. Because 
a whole ham is something that we've had since I was a little tiny kid. And um, a whole ham, always for the whole family, and it all lives in a pillowcase in the fridge. Why a pillowcase? It needs to rest, Jesse. It needs. That's right. Yeah, it needs to have a little rest at night time. <laughs> the, the reason it's it's because a pillowcase is, is cloth and it breathes. <gasps> so if you wrap it in cling film, what oh. will happen is, of course, it will sweat. Foil and all that sort of stuff doesn't that's work. Such a good idea. So you keep your ham in a pillowcase, and it was always a pillowcase. And the same thing is that our, as kids growing up, our Christmas stocking was also a pillowcase with a picture of Santa on it. And I still have it, and I still it still goes out on Christmas Eve. So, and every single year, I buy a ham, I cook it the way it needs to be cooked, and every single year, it's here, and it's just part of what I've always done. And I just, it's Christmas Eve. It means hot buttered toast a piece of ham, and all the kids, everybody knows that the ham is always there and they'll go, Pups, you're going to carve the ham? And away it goes. Wow. Can I steal that tradition? Because I think that sounds fab. Are you allowed to eat ham? No, Jesse. Listen, are we allowed to celebrate Christmas? Jessica. <laughs> We're doing it all, John. <laughs> We're doing it all. That's a great tip for anybody who's doing the gammon or the ham um, this Christmas. Do you store the ham in the pillowcase before it's cooked or after it's cooked? After it's cooked. So cooked at first. Okay, first. obviously, yeah, yeah. Mum. And then, then in the pillowcase. Okay. And you'll cook it about two days in advance? Mm. It'll usually arrive on something like the sort of the 18th of December. And then I'll cook it, but I cook it. I don't put it in a big pot. One of the worst things about ham is actually how to cook it because it's a big motherfucker. You know what I mean? And that's the problem with it. So the only way to do it is I, I sort of watched this guy years ago. It's a bread rack, uh, sorry, cake rack in a tray. And you put water in the bottom of the tray, cover the whole thing first with paper, then with foil. And you put it in an oven at 160 for the number of hours it is kilos. So if it's three kilos or three and a half kilos, it's three and a half hours. This is very straightforward. I like this. In Australia, what happens is you buy a ham already cooked. You don't buy a gammon. You buy a ham already cooked. Oh. So you, you, so when I came here, it was like it did my head in for years. I couldn't work out how to do it. And then I, I met this guy called Bob Dove in on Northcote Road. And Bob Dove of Dove Butchers and he his partner used to cook hams. And she showed me what she used to do. So I just followed really her idea. And then I worked out the timings. Because she used to do whole hams without a bone, and I'd do mine with a bone in. And what seasoning? Do you put cloves in? Do you put orange in? Nothing. Nothing? No, 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 no. Because it's not glazed ham. It's just a ham. And so the okay. the other thing is that if you put seasoning on it, it's already cured. The thing is, if you put any seasoning on it, it's only going to be on the outside. And then once you cut the first bit off, it's gone. It's done. It's like taking the chicken okay. skin off. It's just, it's done. It's finished. So it's so good. Yeah. So there's that, and there's always, always stuffing. So my, one of my big presents for Christmas is I send out stuffing to people. So people who I've known for many, many years, including certain people who used to be relations, but they're not anymore due to things that happened in the past. And you still send them stuffing? Yeah. Wow, you're kind. No, well, the, it's the mother-in-law. But um, the, uh, the, the request for stuffing comes every year. So I always send it out. What's the ingredients in your stuffing? Granny Smith apples, chestnuts, bacon, sausage meat, bread, uh, a little bit of water, lots and lots of salt and pepper, and that's it. But I make up about, I make a sink full of it. Like people make Christmas pudding. I make up loads and loads and loads of it and do different size dishes. Some I freeze, some I give out to other people. Some's cooked, some's not cooked, some's raw, some's frozen, whatever, and that off goes, disappears. How do we get on this list, John? I've got the address now. You might just get some. Wow. Boom. You love sending presents too. You sent the loveliest thank you card. You basically are the best guest ever. I would like 
to have you over for Christmas dinner yeah. one day. But I'd like Thank to you steal much. your stuffing first. That's nice, isn't God, it? that sounded a bit yeah. dodged. Sorry, excuse me. Um, yeah. <laughs> what are you, what's on your Christmas list? What are you getting for Christmas? Uh, well, I'm getting what I'm getting for Christmas this year is everybody around the table, which I it doesn't oh, happen very wow. often. You know, it, with with families, I've got you know, I've got two ex-wives yeah. and all that sort of stuff and I've got four children and then we've got Billy who's you know number five really she's sort of my number five they're all going to be around the table which is great partners everybody else there's lots of people coming on from all over the place and it's going to be a massive massive Christmas how many 16 Ooh. so that should be fun do you put the kids on a kids table no or are they too big now they're a little bit too big now <laughs> my, my kids are about your age I mean you know come on I mean, they're, they're, they're massive I mean, one's six foot four. Oh, wow. Yeah. Who will you be letting into the kitchen? Who will be allowed to be your sous chef? Oh, only Lisa. Maybe Victoria. Maybe Lisa's sister Victoria might be allowed in a little bit. Okay. But besides that, nobody else. Just get out. Get out. I'm setting up a bar in the front room. And there's certain children who, are in, who are, have been round up. They'll have to do cocktails. And then they've got to be the waiters. So that's all sorted out. Everybody's got their own little place and things to do. And then um, we've got an annex outside. So if anybody wants to go out there and disappear and just have a bit of quiet time, they can. And then off they go. So that, but everybody stays out the kitchen until such time as then Christmas dinner happens. And then there has to be a system. System is always important. Well, because you run restaurants, you need like, you need the pass working well. Well, yeah. yeah, See, I don't believe in plating food up for other people. I, don't, I want people to choose what they want to eat for Christmas Day. So I sort of set it out almost like a, a buffet idea. And there's plates at yeah. one end. The table will be set with glasses and cutlery and crackers and all that sort of stuff. But then people have to actually know which direction to go around into because our house is not that big. And so they've got to be able to, they've got to follow the system. And Alan, my brother-in-law, always goes, Jono's always got a system. Jono's system, it always works. We know it's Jono's system. Don't, whatever you do, don't wreck Jono's system. gets really upset. So Jono's system happens. Can you explain to us some tips for a good Jono system? Well, I think the first thing is don't take everything out of your trays. So whatever you're cooking yeah. your stuff in, don't take it out because all you're doing is making washing up for yourself. I so agree. I yeah, agree. You're right. All your spuds and all that sort of stuff, just leave them in the trays. Your cauliflower cheese in the trays. And do things in big lots so they stay nice and warm. So your stuffing's in a big tray, your cauliflower cheese in a big tray. I do what I call gravy carrots. So I can't I can't do the roast carrots because they're just a pain in the butt because they always go wrong. So I'd actually just cook whole carrots in gravy and just cook them on the stove and then they sit in the pot and then they stay nice and hot. That sounds yum. Sounds delicious. Then I'll do the, the turkey and stuff. But this year I want to do some pork and some beef. So I'm doing keeping that hot in the barbecue outside and then I'll bring it all in. And then what I'll do is only slice a little bit of it. And then when half the system's gone, because people picked up their bits, then I'll carve some more stuff. Wow. And will you get to relax? Oh, yeah. I'll be shit-faced by three. <laughs> Which cocktail will you be drinking? Uh, well, I don't know yet. I'm sort of, mm, I'm not quite sure. I Are actually, you a cocktail person? I, yeah, I like a sour. So actually, okay. yes, yesterday somebody made me a whiskey sour and I thought, well, actually I might just line up the Pisco sours. I think the Pisco sour on Christmas Day might be a nice idea. I, I, so that I might do that. But actually, for me, a, a bottle of fizz is always good. Yeah. You know, I love fizz. There's something about it. And, I, you know, it has to be special. Blanc de Blanc, preferably Runa. And um, and then, the you know, I've done the Christmas wine already. Everything in large format. Big magnums. We've got to show off a bit, don't you? Magnums of rosé, big bottles of red wine, you know, all that sort of stuff. 
two liters of coca-cola for those who don't drink and actually think it's good for you what time do you eat are you a mid-afternoon or a lunchtime or an evening no nah, i'd be mid-afternoon i think yeah and it doesn't really matter i mean because everybody would be here and it's not it's not in any way prescriptive for things to sort of change and move it's not an issue whatsoever have you got any ideas for little fancy canopies that aren't too much trouble yeah pigs in blankets and would you serve those not with the food but you'd serve them first i just think the thing is about it is everybody loves a pig in blanket i just think people like a sausage yeah you're you right you chuck a sausage out and it doesn't matter what for, yeah. you do it like with some soy sauce on it everybody will eat sausage Look, we, you know, there's yeah. that sort of thing of us. There's smoked salmon always with a little bit of bread or, you know, whatever. There'll be the ham will always be out in little bits and pieces. But really, there's things to people nibble on. And, and there's, yeah, I don't do fancy canapes. You know me. It's like it's, I, it's, it's eating food. Of course, John and Lisa's Weekend Kitchen Christmas is all back on as well for three weeks before um, Friday TV. Oh. And one of, the, one of the most, actually, one of the biggest things we did, one of the most popular was sausages for a little chipolatas four ways. Same thing. I mean, just like different ways of doing it, whether it just be plain or some Asian ones or, you know, whatever. It, Ooh, they, people love them. They do. They're easy. Who's um, in charge of pudding? Well, this is it. This year, we're asking everybody to bring something with them. And I think it's another tip for everybody if yeah. you've got lots of people coming around. Tell people to bring stuff. If your auntie makes great cauliflower cheese, tell her to make it. So um, Victoria, Lisa's sister, makes the most amazing pavlova. So she'll bring a big pavlova of some type. I think that Nina, Lisa's godmother, will bring the chocolate mousses. There will be uh, a Christmas pudding, which we're going to buy from the local bakery because right now we're so busy. She's going to make Christmas cake, but not puddings. And they'll all be out. And then um, one of my sons who works for a supermarket, so he'll bring the cheese. And then after that, the important thing is, what happens on Christmas night? Well, what does happen on Christmas night? The picky bits. Oh, oh the picky bits. picky bits. You know, don't we all like the picky bits? But don't you just put all the picky bits into a sandwich with like door stop? Like no, no, no. All the picky bread. bits usually come out of the freezer. Do you know what I mean? The really bad, oh, naughty things. You know what I mean? Tell us. Well, what? things like the pre-made. I will always make a load of sausage rolls days days before. They'll be in there. So they'll come out. Then we've got a couple of vegans. So there'll be a sort of some vegan nuggets here and there. Just a bit of sort of naughtiness that goes on on Christmas night. So that everybody can just be a bit naughty. That's so interesting. See, I would always do the picky bits, like the things you bung in the oven, that you do, like frozen stuff, like the Indian yeah. selection from, you know, whatever, like, you know, or prawn toast. I'd do that on Christmas Eve. So you're doing it after your big Christmas lunch. Respect, John Tarode. Yeah, yeah, well, look, the thing is that everybody's always a little bit hungry, but they don't really know what they want. And they yeah. don't really want a replay of Christmas Day. They sort of, okay, that happens Boxing true. Day. You know, the replay of Christmas Day sort of happens Boxing Day. But, um, yeah, so it's the picky bits. And then there'll be a game of something like Cards Against Humanity or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And and when you've got somebody like, you know, a couple of 80-year-olds around a table playing Cards Against Humanity, it's quite funny. <laughs> Especially after a few Pisco sounds. I think we'll have to get it. Especially when they're, they're really posh. And some of those words that come out. <laughs> John, what is an overrated Christmas tradition? I feel like you like every Christmas tradition going, so I don't know if you think any are overrated, to be honest. Well, uh, listen, listen, I'm not. Turkey, it's okay. Oh, it's okay. is that why you're doing the beef? Oh, I love turkey. Yeah, it keeps people happy. I grew up in a world where it was hot, right? But my Nana's Christmas, you know, taught me to cook. And it was one of the first times I really cooked with her. Christmas Day, there was always about 20 around the table, and it was pork, beef, chicken, and lamb. 
because chicken was so expensive when I was a kid in Australia. I mean, a chicken, you only had at Easter and at Christmas. And we didn't really have turkeys because, I don't know, it was probably just too hot for turkey to live, I suppose. Mm. And I remember that the first time we ever had a turkey, it was like a Steggles thing, which was had some sort of weird flavoured butter and it was just weird and it'd been attacked by nails to make it tender. It wasn't very nice. So she that's what she did. So I always think about her as when I do Christmas. It's my sort of favourite Christmas memory is my nana. And, you know, that whole thing of the ham was always about her fridge was that. And in the fridge, there was always the ham on Christmas Eve and caramel slice, which is what you guys call me in their shortbread. Oh, how delicious. Yeah. So condensed milk, chocolate and biscuits because she just knew how to make people smile. Oh, that's lovely. John, which is the chocolate that's always left over? I think the strawberry chocolate one. Yeah, I hate those too. They're weird. They t- they got the weird texture inside. They're like creamy but <laughs> yeah, sandy. No. I think kids like them though. So maybe because your kids they? have grown up. I feel like it's a kid thing. Yeah, this is the good thing about Halloween. Halloween, although it t- you know it's November next year, just hold those, put them somewhere in the larder, right? All the leftover chocolate, and just put them out on, on your Halloween. Get rid of them that way. Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, John Trode, you have given us so many tips and so many wonderful memories. I really think that yours sounds like a fabulous Christmas day in the Tarot household. So I wish you much festive cheer and a happy new year. And we hope that we can eat with you very, very soon. Lots of love. Happy Christmas to you all. And happy 2024. Lots Bye-bye of love. love. Happy Christmas, darling. I'm completely doing the pillowcase ham thing. However, I am going to glaze mine. Sorry, John. Um you can't glaze it and put it in a pillowcase. What if I put a bloody colander over it? Huh? That's my little input, Mum. Thank you. No, darling. Why? Glaze it once you take it out the fridge. Mm. Okay, fine. You can't put a glaze on then the pillowcase because it's going to be sticky. I don't think I would want a vegan nugget after my fabulous Christmas meal. You might do if you're a bloody vegan. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. But. I'm willing to try it. I'm willing to save some of my Indian canapes. Bits. Picky bits for Christmas Day. Jesse, you could put all the food on that counter and people serve themselves instead this of putting so it all on the table. This is so interesting for everyone listening. Yes, we're just already, we're, we're organising our system now. Are you organising your system too? Has John Sherrod put the fear of God in you? Has John Sherrod lightened the load for you by saying just don't get it into... I, I agree with him. Serving plates, sack it off. Keep it in the baking things. It will taste better and keep warm. And do you know what, darling? What? I've just thought you could put all the plates, everything, and we could do the conga round your island as you take your food. Da, 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 da. What, I like with sprouts flying? Yeah. Sure, great, can't wait. And then we'll all end up in A&E, Lewis and A&E. Great, fabulous. I hope he sends us some stuff. I know, do you think I was too forthright? You were a bit pushy, darling, but it's I fine. Felt, I, f- I believe in him and I believe he's going to send it because he's that nice a guy. Yeah, he's lovely. Do you know what? I think there's a theme, adding apple to everything. Paul Hollywood adds it to his mincemeat. John Turow adds it to his stuffing. So many brilliant tips from the creme de la creme of chefs. We hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed recording it. It was such a hoot. It was so lovely to see old friends of the podcast and get the best tips for Christmas. Just been brilliant. So exciting. Thank you to all our wonderful guests for taking the time out to chat to us about all their tips. Thank you to you listeners for listening to us again for another year. 
And there's one thing I'd like to say. What? Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. We'll be back next week. Oh my God, you sound like Arnie. We'll be back next week. I'll be back. I'll be back. <laughs> Do let us know if you've tried any of these suggestions. Please email us at hello at tablemannerspodcast.com. Have the most brilliant, gourmet, gorgeous, fabulous Christmas. And we'll be back next week. And if they don't work out, it's not our responsibility. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> Merry Christmas. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com